What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO project, mfceo.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. Welcome to the Big MX Radio podcast brought to you by Sickwick Candles as well as The Collective Experience. You can go to thecollectivexp.com right now, sign yourself up for an exclusive experience that you will not get from any other service at the motocross and supercross races. We have the sole proprietor of The Collective Experience on the line right now. He is a regular co-host here on the podcast. He's a valued member of the Big MX Radio family. Dave Drakes, how's it going? Good, man. Uh, it's a little late on my end, but, you know, we always get up and at him for dirt bikes. So uh, I'm pumped, man. There's a lot of action to talk about, so I'm ready to dig in. Heck, yeah. We're on, we're on the same time zone, so it's uh, it's it's 20 after 11. Uh, either way you slice it here on the Monday, the January 14th, the two days after uh, the Phoenix Supercross, where uh, you were in the trenches uh like handling your experience uh, members that come through and the VIPs. Um, I, I got to imagine Phoenix is one that people uh, come out to quite a bit. Yeah. Um, Phoenix actually has a pretty big fanfare. So um, it's one of my favorites just because of the track. Um, it's usually a lot faster, a huge long trailway. I really yep. enjoy it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, big, big floor plan. But um, yeah, the fans are, they really, really get behind this. Um, you know, Phoenix is a cool destination, so a lot of people end up flying in for it. And, um, you know, we, we, all, we always get people around the tent asking about the collective, what it's all about. And uh, it's, <laughs> it's great for me. And, uh, you know, we, we love the exposure. We love being, being able to talk to people and share what we do and um, do some cool stuff with fans. So it's, it's definitely one, one event that uh, it's high, high on our list. Absolutely. Uh, it's been on the series for a long period of time, uh, both at Sun Devil and now at, uh, is it uh, Allstate? No, State Farm. State Farm, of course, getting yeah, my State uh, Farm, my insurance yeah. companies uh, mixed up. <laughs> State Farm Center, State Farm Place, or whatever it's called. That's awesome. It's uh, it's a great floor. Like I said, uh, they often bring the over under bridge. This time they didn't, but uh, yeah, it's 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 a racetrack that um, or it's a, it's a venue that people love to come to. And obviously, uh, Ricky Carmichael got his first win on Suzuki there. It's you've had him a ton of awesome battles and uh this saturday was no different we had uh uh some ups and downs and we're going to go to the 250s first but before we go any further of course we want to give our uh some well wishes to uh, a man that has, sports the same hair uh, style that you do malcolm stewart going <laughs> down broken femur and uh i guess uh, no one will be mistaking you for mookie for a few weeks at the very least uh the guy will be uh on the mend while you're uh, still roaming the pits yeah, yeah, I heard he's out for about um at least four months before, you know, they make any major um major strides. So yeah. a little bit yeah. bummed to see that because he was, you know, we'll get into it, but man, he you know, he was riding so good and it was definitely his year to shine. Um but yeah, the good news is, you know, I won't get mistaken for him because they won't be walking as upright as me for a little bit. But, yeah. Um yeah, it's 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 you know, it's tough to see, it's a tough part of our sport, but um, you know, these guys are gladiators. I'm, I'm sure he's going to come back, you know, twice as strong, pick up right where you left off and, um, and keep it going. You know, can you set the new standards? So anything less than that, you know, I don't think these guys are going to settle for it. Absolutely not. And uh, before we crack the 250s open, I imagine that people can still sign up uh, for a collective experience. Uh, like I said on the top of this uh, podcast, an experience like no other. You're not going to get this uh, type of treatment anywhere else in the pits. Uh, you can still sign up for that for uh, A2 and beyond? Most definitely, yeah. We've got, um, we've got spots open for just about every round. Um, maybe like one or two, maybe three for each rider. So there's still opportunities for people to sign up. Um, and like you said, Brad, it's an opportunity and experience unlike any other, you know, other than, you know, most, most programs are doing like the meet and greet and they're doing, um, Hey, check out this. Okay. Yep. Handshake. All right. See you later. You know, like yeah, we're making you feel like you're a member of the, exactly. Yeah. We're making you feel like you're a, a member of the team 
all day long. And, right. you know, in some cases it goes past the race, you know, we're going out to dinner with these people and, and really, really getting to know them and have them get to know us and, you know, be able to make the connections with their favorite riders. Um, and, and it, it goes throughout the day, just nonstop. You're, you're feeling really immersed and really, um, you know, really, really responsible for, for the rider's success, which is what we all want to, you know, have a part in. And it's something that we're proud of. And, uh, we want to be able to give this to as many people as we can. So, yeah, make sure you guys check out thecollectivexp.com, at thecollectivex on Instagram, DM us, give us an email. Uh, we're more than happy to help, you, help hook people up, help them out, and get them, uh, get them square away at the races. Hey, absolutely. I hope that uh, people take you up on that, and that's a successful venture for you, because uh, the more successful you are, the more successful these podcasts are. It's good for everybody. So let's jump straight into the 250 class. Adam Cerullo is fast that's not new information what's new information is whether or not he's able to do it on a consistent basis and uh and basically uh do what he was predicted to do as an amateur uh throughout his career uh these are the types of nights that we expected from adam uh from the age of 16 on uh he's seen we've seen a few of these nights where he's just absolutely untouchable tell me what you saw from uh the 92 machine in phoenix this weekend uh, Adam was super solid. So, you know, anyone that's listened to Big and Max over the past, you know, year or so, they know I'm a huge AC fan. I can't hide it. Yeah. And the guy looked flawless, you know. Typically when he when he's out there and he's laying down laps, he's, he's under pressure, he tends to make a few mistakes, a few bobbles. Sometimes he tucks the front or uh, or doesn't even go down. He just, he just can kind of get squirrely. And we really didn't see any of that all Saturday. He looked solid in practice, solid in his heat. And when main event time came, I mean, he looked he looked like a like a like a true veteran rider, which you know he is. Um, you know, Colt Nichols had a very similar ride in the previous weekend in A one, and I think Adam kind of uh, took the fact that he was off the podium when a lot of people were saying this was his year. Uh, he took it to heart, you know, and I think he he went home, did his homework, kind of toned it down just a little bit, kind of had like the um, the championship the long run in, in, in his sight and uh and, and brought it home it was an awesome ride really really cool to see and it's something that we expect from ac at this point you know he's been in the class for a while he should have won the championship you know one or two times over um right from the get-go and to be honest with you i'm not really surprised uh, you know i'm i'm surprised that it it really hasn't happened a little bit sooner and more consistently but i think this this should be the turning of the guard where we see adam start to assert himself as you know the class leader something like what uh Zach Osborne did in years previous. For sure. Like uh, like Zach Osborne and Cooper Webb have done before him, uh, he's showing the confidence and the speed that we've expected for the years. And I think that's uh, sort of, uh, that's why he's got the fanfare he has. And that's also why he's had the, the sort of the, uh, the adversity that he's faced over his career. Um, with, like, with great power comes great expectations. People expect those types of rides where you grab a whole shot and uh, check out. He, uh, he won the race by uh, damn near 10 seconds, if not a little bit more than 10 by the time the checkered flag flew and uh, if he's able to continue to do that he will be uh, he'll be a multi-time champion in this class uh, I don't know if he defends it next year I think he goes straight to 450s but uh, I wouldn't I would imagine carrying that type of momentum into outdoors means uh, uh, that's bad news for the rest of the 250 class let's move straight into I, I would oh, go ahead so. I would definitely say I would definitely oh, say yeah. so I mean well, you don't want to let any one person get momentum that's for sure no, no, that uh, uh, AC with uh, with all the confidence in the world can spell trouble for the rest of the guys. He's just got that kind of speed. Uh, before getting to the second place rider, who actually I was pretty surprised that uh, Colt was able to get a, a second top two finish. Uh, Dylan Ferrandez, um, a guy who has not yet, has yet to win a race in the series. Obviously, there's only two races in. He's got plenty of time to uh, to capture those wins. Um, Unexpected start to his season so far. Um, he's he's riding healthy, but uh, I don't know if, uh, if if he's got the consistency and the uh, like. Like he hasn't shown us so far in a, a, a series in the states that he's can he has speed and consistency and can stay off the ground. What does he need to do uh, in the next couple of races? Um, to, to basically just get his feet underneath him because I feel like he's uh, a little bit hit and miss right now. I definitely agree with that one. Um, personally, I think that Dylan needs to help himself out and get a get a solid start. Um, you know, I don't think we've really seen 
Ferrandis get consistent um, top starts. You know, I mean, he's he's got a couple of holies here or there, but yeah. I think what he really needs to work on is is working on his starts, giving himself that leg up, and then sort of taming it down. He's got a little bit of that um, that issue that I mentioned with Cincerillo when he's out front. He kind of makes those bobbles and kind of. Um, starts chopping away time, and you start to see some guys behind him sort of catch up. Um, not saying that he's not talented. The guy can ride a motorcycle. He's super fast. He's more than capable of winning. And, you know, he, he was on the podium last weekend. You know, you, you, can't, you can't take anything away from the guy. But I think you really, you really need to just stay focused, kind of calm it down just a little bit, and just ride those consistent, f- focused, fast laps. I think if he does that, kind of uh, gets, the, gets the nerves and the hype away, I, I think he'll be super, super lethal. I, I don't, I don't think that there's anything stopping him from uh, surpassing Colt or, or an Adam and, and shooting for these wins. You know, he, he can definitely do it. He rides Supercross very, very well. Um, I think I mentioned this. He's one of the only guys that we've seen come over from Europe that took the Supercross so quickly. I think you know, with even Marvin and and um, Kenny, it took them a little bit, a little bit of time to kind of get used to it. And Dylan seemed to hop into it right away and feel right at home. So. Um, that says something. That definitely says something. If he can really figure out those few little odds and ends, I think we can see him really, really make a push for the win and start uh, trying to dethrone Cianciarillo right now. For sure. I, th- I think uh, of, of the top runners, he's probably got the most potential or top-end speed to, to, uh, to make, take some swings at Adam. Uh, but, of course, the, uh, ne- neither Adam or Dylan has the points lead right now. That has in sole possession right now with, uh, with Colt Nichols with uh, a 1-2 to, to start the season. He showed speed. He showed consistency and, uh, and a comeback performance in this last uh, weekend's uh, main event where he saw himself lose some positions only to find himself back in that second-place spot. Uh, Colt Nichols firing, firing on all cylinders right now. Uh, although um, that I don't know about that Thor gear. That like I, I'm excited about some of the things from Thor this year. That stuff uh, n- maybe not my favorite of the of, of their collection for 2019. Yeah, I I, I can agree with that. Um, they did have some killer stuff uh, towards the middle and uh, end of last year, but uh, some some of the new stuff is tough, man. I feel like this year. With, Cooper's with stuff was nice this week. We'll get to him, but the Cooper Webb stuff was nice. Yeah, I didn't know and, and what was going on with uh, with Thor though, or with uh, the the Star guys. Not a fan. Yeah, I don't know what it is, but the uh, the KTM squad they really know how to uh, kind of keep the gear flashy enough, but still have it mesh well with the team colors. Mm, yeah, well, that's the Troy. Them, that's but, Troy Lee's uh, sort of claim to fame is is the design aspect, right? There you go. Yeah, but um. I don't know. I, I feel like this this year it's either you these companies, whether it's you know bike graphics or or gear, it's either super awesome like we've seen with Team Geico and um, you know some of like the uh, shift stuff that you and I talked about. But then on the other end of the spectrum, you look at like the factory Monster Yamaha bikes and uh, yeah, you know some of that Thor gear and stuff. It's like it's two ends of the spectrum that you really either love this the stuff that's coming out this year or you absolutely hate it. So that's it's it's definitely weird looking at you know some of the guys' bikes. You're like, man, this this stuff is super nice. The gear is super sick. And then look at the guy next to him. It's like, holy crap, what the hell is that? You know. Fair enough. Actually, the only uh, the only brands that I can see out there that uh, that aren't uh, like really uh, polarizing, as you kind of said, that is like you know, like sort of on both ends of the spectrum are uh, uh, Fast House and Fly, two of the brands that have uh, been closely connected to this podcast. So uh, safe to say that I've got good style. Um, but, uh, what are your thoughts on Colt Nichols? The guy's got speed. He's always shown potential. Uh, basically we never really knew where, what was the highest he could get to? Is he a legitimate, uh, uh, contender for this title now where he can, uh, like they're going to have to rip this thing away from him rather than a guy that's going to hold the points lead for a couple of weeks. It, it could shake out like that. I mean, as of right now, Colt's, Colt's pretty consistent, and this is kind of uncharted territory for for Colt. So, um, in the past, you know, he's been he's been fast, he's been you know, podium contender all day, but then he he'd fall off for a race, or then he'd fall off for two, and then he'd be back. And um, inconsistency is the name of the game with this class. It, it's so so uh, rare to see somebody who's a consistent podium guy, a consistent guy who who maintains the right plate, keeps the win, and keeps things moving forward. Um, 
it's 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 tough to kind of forecast it right now, given you know his past seasons. But he's definitely riding a little bit different than we've seen, um, you know, last year, for example. So he's looking smooth. He's looking like he, he he's doing what he needs to do to maintain that podium spot. So yeah, he, he probably he could be pretty easily could have charged a little bit harder. Not saying he would have caught at, at him, but he you know he could have put in some some more harder laps, try to cut that gap down a little bit. But I think he was happy with the second, um, kind of settling in. Um, trying not to push the envelope too hard, keep that red plate for another weekend and just maximize on points. Um, it, it, it's it's going to be tough in this class. It's really, really going to be tough to to stay fast, to stay consistent and, and, and nail this thing down. Very few guys have been able to do that. You know, and like you mentioned, um, Cooper Webb might've been able to do it. Zach Osborne stayed pretty, pretty consistent um, and was able to wrap up some titles. Um, but if anyone can do it, I think I think your top three guys that we have here, they can they can definitely get the job done. Colt Colt's among them. Um, I, I'd love to see what he can do in another race or two. If if he still is able to maintain that first through third spot and consistently get on a podium, um, it's really going to be tough to go against this guy. And like I said, you know, I'm an AC fan, but when you're putting up consistent numbers like that and you have the speed that Colt's showing, it, it's it's really really tough to stop a guy like that. For sure, it's gonna it's gonna take some extra special performances to uh, to dethrone the current points leader, who's uh, shown himself to be both fast and steady. Uh, one thing that uh, that's basically why he's got the the points lead right now. Neither one of the guys that have been swinging around him uh, have uh, have been all that consistent, other than R.J. Hampshire, who uh, two top four. Uh, but yeah, he's two, he's been the top four uh, both races so far. Uh, consistent rides. I like in my opinion I feel like sometimes he lacks that extra 1% uh speed that is needed to uh be one of those top contenders have a night like Adam did where he uh grabs a whole shot and see you later. I feel like there's a there's more than a couple of guys uh to speak of like Adam, Dylan, Colt and even uh Jimmy Dakotas who uh when they see RJ ahead of them like in their own minds they feel like they can go get that guy um whereas uh I I don't know if you, the of the rest of that top 5 I don't think you can say the same thing about all, each one of them Yeah that that's really really tough I I I do like RJ's um style I do like the way he attacks the track Yeah um good race crowd This really yeah, he he really really does, and and you know he's not the most flashy rider, but he's also he doesn't make that many noticeable mistakes the other guys do. I think, um, and again, this is the theme of the night. It seems in the two fifties. I think he is super inconsistent. Um, probably one of the worst defenders of inconsistency, in my opinion, when it comes to Supercross. Um, but man, yeah, I definitely agree with what you said with that that one percent in, in in speed. When those guys are starting to click off their fast laps, sort of like that uh, maybe three-fifths mark of the race, if you will. Um, you know, he's he's not wicking it up like the other guys are, typically. Yeah. And I, I, wonder, I wonder what that is. I don't think it's a fitness issue. Um, I, I think that's just uh, something about trying to maintain and not, and not push too hard and, and, you know, make mistakes or bobbles. But in this class, there's a fine line you have to walk between going fast and being a little reckless so oh yeah um you gotta go balls out in the 250s there's no yeah pussyfooting around um it's it's balls to the wall racing it's uh like bouncing off of stuff wheel tapping and, and just squeezing everything you got out of those bikes to to push them to the level that uh guys like adam and and, and dylan are going right now and uh rj as you know he's dealt with some injuries so maybe he's a little bit puck shy when it comes to uh taking it to that next level but uh he's certainly got the speed uh currently i believe he's third in points he fourth fifth in points Fifth in points right now. He yeah, he was fourth this last weekend. Shane uh, was ahead of him both races, and then Adam leapfrogged him. So he's fifth in points. Um, solid, honestly. Like, and, and he's positioned himself to 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 be uh, a serious contender for this championship moving forward. He he definitely could. I mean, all it takes is what a, a one breakout ride with a win, maybe a second, and uh, follow up with a third, and yeah. you could be the new points leader. So it's it's within a lot of guys' grasp, you know. And there's at least five guys that could take this thing like to Vegas, like straight to the wire. Yep. Um, 
which, which is which is which is great. I mean, like, we, we say it every every weekend. We we want to see it. It makes it, as fans, we love that action. We love the fact that any any one of these five guys can win um, and totally mix things up. You know, it's it, it, it makes for just just awesome awesome racing for you know whether you're there or or at home watching on TV. So um, I think I think this year we're we're going to see a lot more of that. We're seeing it in the four fifties for sure, which I'm sure we'll get into. Where there's uh, ten guys that could win a main event, um, and I think it's it's starting to shape up like this in the two fifties. Where it's got a handful of guys that are just they can they can ride a motorcycle that are super super smooth. Um, that with just that little extra push, they could they could you know light the candles um, at the end of the race. So I'm I'm very curious to see how this one plays out. I, as much as I want to say this is what we're going to see in terms of you know riders finishes throughout the season, we're only two races in one of which was kind of a mud race. So um, I think it's going to take at least San Diego for us to be able to say, okay, this is where the stacks are going to fall for the uh, rest of the season. Absolutely. After two races, uh, it's a little bit too small sample size. And, of course, one of them was basically a mudder. So uh, I have a bit of an asterisk on that one. hate to put an asterisk on Colt's win, but uh, it is a mud race. Uh, but I feel like he was in control the whole time. Um, so we'll, we'll, maybe after four rounds, we'll totally know where we're at. I'll say this right now, though. Um, Whoever is able to crack off three wins in this series without uh, some sort of catastrophe is is the person that's going to win this uh, win, win this overall, I believe, or this championship. Mark my words: whoever is able to be most consistent with three wins uh, is going to win this championship. Maybe that's not the boldest statement in the world, but uh, yeah, that's just my thoughts. I think the fir- first guy to three is is probably your odds-on favorite. I it's hard to argue with that. Mm. It's it's really hard. Um, you know, I'll probably say something blue in the face. It's going to be the guy that's most consistent, the guy that can continue to, to get maximum amount of points each race and mitigate those bad days. That's the guy that, that we're going to see. And it's in a, in a series that's extremely short, like the 250 West and 250 East. That's what's going to matter. That's definitely what's going to matter. Just making sure you get the best best finishing positions, and you really can't give up any races in the 450 class. You've got so so long be able to recoup from from you know from horrible races we've seen it year and year again we've seen it in oh nine when stewart dnf the first one and still came back for the championship that will never happen in the 250 class you'll never see that these guys really really have to make sure that each race they're getting maximum points and not letting not letting these little things sneak up and, and derail them no yeah there's there's too much talent in this in this class right now to uh to to get a dnf and think that you're going to be um swinging for a championship it's not the years of uh grant langston where he just completely dnfs the first race and 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 can still come back to just rattle off wins and and, uh and and make up that kind of time with with all five guys being able to basically steal points from each other and, and be at the front of the pack it's incredibly difficult to make up points uh if when that's the case um I think there's honestly the probably of the guys who are factory supported, there's a, a tie right now for most surprised um, surprise performances so far. Maybe you give a little bit of a nod to Colt Nichols for having the points lead after two rounds. I don't think too many people expected that, uh, but also we we have no idea what a, a healthy Colt Nichols is. Compa- is- capable of since we haven't seen him with a full bill of health since his rookie season on Honda's racing for the 365 Honda team is uh, Jimmy Dakotas. Sixth in points, looking strong, passing dudes in main events. Um, like the the guys qualifying well. Um, I, I I did not expect this from Jimmy D. Obviously, he's been he's he knows how to ride a motorcycle. We've seen the the edits, we've seen the videos. Uh, he's one of the f- most fun guys to watch on the track. Um, but I did not have him penciled in for for sixth in points after uh, after two rounds. Good on Jimmy. Yeah, not not many people did. I, I can guarantee you that. And I one thing I can also guarantee you is that all of New England lit up this weekend when uh, oh, yeah. Jimmy was riding. Man, it was a really really um, proud ride for a lot of people. Um, Jimmy's capable of the top three. The guy just oozes talent. Um, really likable guy. Like you said, he knows how to ride a motorcycle. Um, that JJR Suzuki looks like it's it's pretty dialed in. You know those bikes make horsepower. You know that team knows what they're doing when it comes to making a really good racecraft. So. Um, I expect Jimmy to, to to rattle off another podium. I mean, um, I, think we, I think he did it last year, uh, the first round, and um, yeah. I, I think he's capable of doing it again. I, honestly, this 
I don't see a reason why Jimmy couldn't even sneak a win in. You know, yeah, the guys um, that are finishing ahead of him, they're fast. You know, they, they have their stuff together. But <clears> Jimmy's <throat> on a, an amazing bike. He's got a lot of talent. And it seems like he's fit and he's, and he's ready to take that next step. So I think if Jimmy can, can get out to a really good start, like a whole shot, um, and sort of ride, ride to his best ability, and when I say that, I mean, you know, Jimmy's got a history of being a little bit of a head case. If all of that is kind of shaken out, which it kind of looks like it might, it might be, uh, he, he, could be a, he could be an upset. He could sort of, sort of uh, you know, shake up the points a little bit and, and, and keep, things, keep things, you know, on their toes and keep everybody guessing. So, you know, if we see Jimmy win and then, you know, have like an RJ behind him and then Shane or something, uh, which looks like Shane, you know, is, is, is like in the third spot, um, that could really, really put a, put a, a hole in, in what Colt Nichols has done. Could really uh, mess up, you know, AC's train and then have somebody like, you know, Dylan sneak up a little bit. So it could really shuffle points around a little bit, you know, kind of pre- trying to predict the future a little bit, which is difficult, but um, yeah, it, it could, it, it could really, it could really make for some interesting, uh, some interesting stats. Um, but you know, being a New England guy myself, I would love to see Jimmy get a win. It would be super awesome. Like I said, likable guy. Um, great, great, great for uh, JGR to have him. It, it'd be awesome. It'd be really, really cool to see, but we'll see. We'll see if he can knock it down another couple rounds. Absolutely. I think, I think this weekend, honestly, probably one of his best uh, opportunities to be successful uh, in the fact that it's a Triple Crown event. He'll qualify well. He's been qualifying inside the top 10 um, every weekend. And uh, I think that uh, that sets him up really well. Like th- those short races are right in his wheelhouse. Uh, not to say he's not fit, but he's a good, he's a good sprinter. Uh, and I think that's going to be, uh, something that's, uh, you got to watch out for Jimmy D this weekend. I think he's, he's got some up his sleeve for sure. Um, a couple of items to note before we move over to the four fifties, a couple of guys who, uh, and a couple of them did themselves a solid this weekend, uh, to, to do the, to, to, Keep their rides for 2020. You don't want to forecast too far ahead. We're only in our second week of 2019. But uh, guys who have had quiet uh, starts to the season, Cantrell, Mosman, and McAdoo. Uh, Cantrell had a much better uh, uh, Phoenix than he did Anaheim 1. Um, but, uh, like, Michael Mosman needs to, like, I don't know if he needs to, like, crash, do a wheelie something to let us know that he's in this series. I have not uh, seen much shot signs of life. Um, and, uh, and short of, uh, some, some pretty gnarly crashes and losing his visor every once in a while, Cameron McAdoo hasn't done too much to, uh, to, uh, basically, uh, reaffirm that he, he, he should be on factory equipment for 2020. So, um, all three of those guys need to be, uh, further ahead in the pack. I think, like, I, I think all three of those guys, um, for my money should be nipping at the heels of a Jimmy Dakotas and they haven't been yet. I couldn't agree more. You know, we've, we've talked about King Charles on this a lot. Um, granted, eighth is a step in the right direction. It's a lot better than, you know, top 15 barely, which is what he's been doing as of late. Yeah. So, you know, this, this could be a step in the right direction. But um, you, you said it. These guys need to justify their, themselves being on factory equipment. And um, I, haven't, I haven't even noticed most of them was racing, to be honest with you. Um, you know, even though McAdoo is a fill-in, he hasn't really made any, any noise. Everyone touts this kid as being super good, great in the gym, great fitness, um, great potential. And we haven't, we haven't seen it, man. You know, they're talking this guy up like he's, um, like, like he's, you know, the next big thing, but we, we really haven't seen it. He hasn't given himself to really display that to, to any of us. And, um, I, I'd, I'd like to see that, man. I'd love to see what the kid is capable of. Um, I don't know what his, what his, what his hangup is. If it's, you know, if it is fitness, if it's just getting comfortable on the bike, um, if it's a mental block, uh, whatever it is, I hope he hope he gets rid of it because that's one rider that um, I was I was really looking forward to when when you know he kind of burst onto the scene even more so than like a um, a March Banks or a Cantrell you know hearing a lot about him and um, everyone riding with him at club and stuff like that they were just telling him it's like you know this great rider and you know I I want to see it man I, I want to see him do good I want to see him get some good finishes and and maybe be able to lock down that spot for 2020. Um, it, it's tough to get these rides. You and I have said it multiple times. It's really tough. And, and when, you're, when you're barely making the top 10, when you're 8 through, you know, 12th or whatever it is, it, it's not justifying your ride, you know. They're, they might give that spot up to someone like Chris Blose, who's, who's, you know, looks like he's knocking their doors off a little bit. So, um, yeah, it, it's uh, definitely, it's, it, it's, it's tough, but... 
you know, they've got some time to make up for it, and, and hopefully they do. Oh, for sure. Like if, if you're if you're uh, one of those factory supported uh, young guns, and you're getting beat by Chris Bloss, who raced uh, carbureted two stroke in his in his first professional race back in 2005 and raced carbureted four strokes for multiple seasons. Um, you're, you're just like that, like you need to, uh, like that needs to piss you off. That needs to really like, you need to be uh stand up and, and do something about that. Obviously, uh, Chris is, is, is a great pro in his own right. And, uh, and he's going to give a, a full effort. But, uh, in my opinion, all three of those guys, uh, don't have much excuse to not be finishing ahead of him. And I think maybe that is uh, my pleasant surprise of 2019 for the 250 so far. Chris Blows, two top 10 finishes um, on that uh, that Gas Monkey uh, Husqvarna team. He's been the brightest spot. And I honestly thought that he might be uh, like the, the second runner over there. He's, he's proved otherwise. He's got some speed. Yeah, 100%. He's, it's definitely surprising. Uh, you and I talked about it a little bit. I kind of thought it would be a filler spot, but he was just out there just to just to fill a spot, you know, just to have a an ass on a seat. But you know, he he's riding pretty solid, man. And and like we said earlier on the show, um, this is a stacked class. This this year, this class is is pretty stacked. Top ten guys, top top eleven, top twelve. They're they're either factory or pretty damn close to factory. And the fact that he's sneaking in there and stealing away some top spots like that, um, it, it, it's pretty cool. It kind of it brings validation to the team, to the equipment that they're on. Maybe it brings new license to Chris and keeps him going for a couple more seasons. But um, it's super cool to see that. It's it's really neat, especially since, you know, he went pro in 05. And then calling up those stats at the carbureted four-stroke, man, I'm like, holy crap, this guy's been around for a long, long time. So, you know, he's, he's racing some young guns and some uh, some pretty pretty sweet stuff. So to be able to make it, you know, make it, uh, make it happen at his age and, and on the bike that he's on, it's it's sick, man. It's really, really cool to see that. No kidding. Like I, I uh, like Garrett Marchbanks. I believe turned pro at 17 years old, but he did so in 2018, which means he was most likely born in 2001 or a little bit around that. That like he, Mar- Garrett Marchbanks was still in diapers when uh, Chris Bloss was making his pro debut. <laughs> like and like they're yeah. they're in the same class. Um, yeah, that's pretty wild. Um, like uh, before we switch over to the 450s, one last note: a uh, sort of the uh, little disappointment so far this season. I don't think it's any fault of their own; just some bad luck. The Rockwell Yamaha team has blown three motors in three motos um, so far this year. Mitchell Harrison looks fast when he's uh, when he's able to be riding and, and riding to his full potential. The bike's not giving him any issues. Um, better days are ahead for them, but coming into uh, the Triple Crown Series, where I think that's probably where uh, the bikes are testing of their metal the worst, uh, maybe this is, uh, they're, they're treading lightly going into uh, Anaheim too. Yeah, this one was really, really tough, man, because you and I know that that team really, they put a lot of work in and um, they got some solid support behind them, and to see you know all the DNFs, man, it's it's really tough, especially since Mitchell is is a talented young gun. I put him in the same realm as like a Cantrell or a Marchbank in terms of the the hype that that they were uh, kind of um, pushing the pro ranks with. You know what I mean? Uh, he came in with a, with a pretty hot crowd, so I really expect him to do good. And to see the you know the engine issues kind of take him back and, um, you know, make the team look bad, make him look bad. It's, it's tough to see, man. I, I'm hoping that this next round they figure it out. Um, I don't know if the motor's just built up so much that it, you know, expires itself pretty quickly or if it's just, you know, um, just freak freak accidents, whatever it is. I, I really hope they got the bugs figured out and become in the A2 swing because that, that team is capable of a lot. I know Harrison's capable of a lot, and it'd be cool to um, to see it all come together and, um uh, you know, I think if, if everything gels, there's no reason why he can, you know, grab the, um, you know, top eight, top nine, you know what I mean? Oh, he can top five. Top like, he's got that kind of speed. I just, he needs to have a good start and a bike that stays underneath him. Yeah, it's it's, it's a tough one, especially in the 250 class when they're, these guys are squeezing every ounce of power out. I mean, they these guys, they're, they're doing so much of these motors um, that, they're, you know, past past the point of, you know, the end of the main event, those things aren't going to go much longer. You know what I mean? They're just eating every ounce of power out of them. So um, it, it's, it's understandable, but it's still, you know, it, 
can't happen that often. You know what I mean? You, you gotta, you gotta be able to figure those bugs out on off season and, and come out swinging and show your best cards. For sure. And and they had, uh, they had, uh, uh, one engine builder at Anaheim one. They switched midweek Anaheim uh, going into. I wanted to say the second round was Anaheim two. Uh, Phoenix going into Phoenix switch switch engine builders uh, and, and that thing blows up on them uh, before right before they uh, they take off for the main event. So that was uh, unfortunate. Uh, better days ahead for that team. Uh, a small hiccup, and I'm sure they'll be uh, uh, firing all cylinders. Um, this this next weekend let's throw it to commercial break here on the big mx radio podcast with such awesome sponsors like the collective experience as well as sickwix sickwix.com you can check those guys out and get soy-based candles they're amazing they smell great and they need to be part of your program we'll be right back after these hey big mx listeners thanks for listening to this episode check out these commercials support our sponsors we'll be right back to the show thanks for listening Hey, Big MX listeners, let's talk a little bit about Sick Wicks Candles. Sick Wicks is the small business that you may not have heard of so far, and that's why they're on the show right now. That's why we need to get you informed. Soy-based candles are phenomenal. They're not made with the same harmful chemicals that a paraffin wax candle are made from, and the scents are unbelievable. You need to check these out. The Morning Moto smells like coffee. The Privateer smells like beer, as it should. All these awesome candles, you gotta check them out. They're motocross dedicated and, uh, they, they, they burn nice and clean. They got that wood wick that sounds awesome. It, it pops and crackles just like a real fire. And, uh, it's gonna make your garage smell better. It's gonna make your living room smell better. And if you take them into the bedroom, don't tell me about it, but enjoy it. You're gonna love these candles and you can find them at sickwicks.com. Head there right now. Enjoy them and you're gonna love them. Absolutely. Check them out. Only recently have the health benefits of CBD products been acknowledged by the masses. CBD is every bit as powerful as it is misunderstood. In the past, we've known so little about a vital system that exists in every single one of us. Medterra CBD products promote wellness and overall improved health so that you can be your very best each day. A passionate and dedicated staff have developed an impressive lineup of CBD products which help as a sleep aid, an anti-inflammatory, and for pain relief. Why choose Medterra CBD? Medterra CBD products are of the highest quality, purity tests are done extremely frequently, and their responsive and dedicated customer care team will guide you through your CBD journey. For more information or to browse Medterra CBD's products, please visit www.medterracbd.com. Dot com. Medterra CBD. Our CBD, your health. Since 1979, Maxima USA has changed lubrication. Industry-leading products have equated to hundreds of championships wherever quality lubricants are needed. Maxima has built a reputation for great quality by earning lifelong customers one at a time. Customers who trust in the complete lineup of products from Maxima USA. From our flagship Castor 927 mixing oil to our famous SC1 and the full array of market-leading products, Maxima has what you need on the track and in the garage. Maxima racing oils are proudly made in the USA. For more information, visit www.maximausa.com. We're going to do whatever we want, and if you're cool with it, you're cool with it. If you're not, we're still going to do the thing. just let go. Put our middle fingers up with a smile and let it roll. It's not just go out there and train to be number one because it's more losers and winners in this world. I grew up in Newhall. That was 805. I got into this can. I said, that is a badass fucking can. The beer's even better inside. We have a band of brothers. They're different. They just like to have a good time and live life, have fun, and kill it. Fast house is nothing but fun. We all want to feel good. The average guy can go out there, throw down. I did it my way, and 
that's all that matters. It's not easy to do this shit. My girl's looking at me to support her, and I've got a broken leg from dirt bike. You see a lot of people that fall out of it. It's all so based on results and being the winner. That mentality of the 60s, 70s, that's what we try to do is bring that back where it's not so serious. I don't really like the super competitiveness of it. I like to bring something that's more lighthearted. Probably all serious about it at one point and kind of realize let's just have fun. That's what my old man did, and it just really resonated with me riding a dirt bike on that fine line of glory and disaster. Throw your leg over a bike and haul ass across the desert and feel free. 90% of people that own a motorcycle go out on the weekends and they just want to have fun. Can't ever take that for granted. Two wheels till the wheels fall off, man. Once I feel like you become a man, you know, you get off the track and you're exhausted. Just an ice cold beer, just nothing sounds better than that. This fast house crew is gonna break the mold how it used to be and maybe even then some. Big MX listeners, Supercross season is coming and that means the return of the collective experience. Nobody brings you closer. Nobody gives you an exclusive experience where you are part of a privateers racing program throughout the day i'm talking pre-race strategy filming practice session sessions talking about the racetrack meeting the riders getting cool swag getting to hang out with guys like dave drakes getting to hang out with guys like me at the track it's an awesome program and the money goes right back to the privateers you're actually supporting their racing program and you get a really cool experience check it out google the collective experience First thing that pops up, you can check out their intern program. You can check out all that fun stuff. You guys need to get on this program. Check it out. You can like Collective EX, I believe, on Instagram. Uh, the Collective XP is their uh, website, I believe. Check them out. The Collective Experience. Dave Drake's over there, great friend of mine, and he wants you guys to be part of this program. Check it out. Can't wait to see you there. The Collective Experience, a proud sponsor of the Big MX Radio Podcast. Hey guys, this is Johnny Louch from the W Training Facility, powered by Crosley. Head over to Matera and enter Team W and get 15% off. The product's amazing. You'll love it. And uh, thanks to the support of Big MX Radio Broadcasts. Love being on the show and talk to you soon. And we're back. 450 class. And let's start off with the big number one. He's got, a, uh, he's got white backgrounds now. Uh, and uh, between you and me, Dave, I'm not too sure if he's going uh, to hold the, the, white, the red plate the way things have gone so far. Obviously, a better, a better finish this last weekend in Phoenix, but something is off with your reigning champion. I don't know if it's an injury. I don't know if it's an illness, but something is eating Jason Anderson. Uh, it's, it, it can't be a championship hangover. It's been long enough. Uh, what are your thoughts? <laughs> Yeah, definitely a championship hangover. Um, you know, after last weekend with that, you know, I'll, I'll say it, it was a, an abysmal ride. You know, if it was anyone else, it'd be, you know, we could chalk it up to, oh, okay, it's just a bad A1. But for a reigning champion, you don't expect it to happen. Um, I, I definitely would have said, like, okay, yeah, maybe it's an injury or something that's nagging him. But the way he rode at uh, in Glendale, you know, he looked, he looked racy. He looked like he was able to – to ride the bike he want, the way he wanted to, um, you know, make, making these hard, these hard lines. And we saw him get into it with rocks a little bit. And um, he looked, he looked fine. looked very capable on the bike. I'm just, I, I'm honestly guessing that it's just the weight of that, that number one, that's kind of, you know, pressing into him. Um, there's, you know, when you win a championship like this and you want, you're going after another one, you want, you, you try to keep it one race at a time, not to give up the championship, um, keep yourself humble, um, you know, Roxon mentions it in his um, post-race press conferences. You try to keep your your highs not too high, your lows not too low, um, and just kind of keep it more in the middle. And I think he's having a hard time doing that. I think he's kind of letting the pressure get to him a little bit. Um, you know, you hear it in his you know in his videos, his interviews. He's kind of talking himself down, like, hey, you know, I don't know, we'll see what happens. Just trying to take it one race at a time. Um, 
I don't, I, I don't know. I think it's, I think it's a little bit more of a mental thing than anything. Um, and I, I think he's better off when he, when he hits in that underdog spot, you know, I don't, I don't think he's ever come in as like a guy that's, um, in this position before a guy that's touted to win. That's, um, that has the, 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 the championship, uh, credibility or, or, or any of the stats behind it. And I think it's kind of a weird spot for him. I don't think he thrives in this type of environment. I think he's more of a, you know, everyone counts me out. I'm going to come from behind and, um, you know, put it to these guys and start taking wins away and, and red plates. And now that he has to defend that, I, I think it's a little bit weird for him. It's definitely a, definitely a shock to the system and a lot to, to overcome mentally. So, uh, you know, we'll see once, once racing sort of kicks off and these guys get more into a, a cadence um, into round four or five, six, maybe we'll start to see the nerves get away from them. But I, I think it's just the, that number one place just staring back at him and make him a little bit nervous. That very well could be. Um, I can't quite put my finger on it. He definitely doesn't look as aggressive as we've seen in the past. Um, to see him apologizing on the uh, uh, the podium, I said this on our, our live that I did with uh, Jay uh, Kavanaugh from Rack Racing last night. Like, I don't think a uh, a Jason Anderson, a full bill of health, is going around handing out apologies. I don't, I don't like in years prior, we've seen him do much more egregious. Uh, takeout moves uh, that were blatant, and uh, there was uh, no apology needed, no apology necessary in those uh, situations. And, and maybe uh, I don't think he's turning over a new leaf. I think he's uh, pr- protecting himself a little bit, hopefully, hoping not to make any enemies while he's also battling some some personal stuff as well. So uh, we'll see. Um, like I, I can't honestly say if there's awesome better days ahead for the champ. Uh, a second place finish, uh, not to say he's not going to win this year. But uh, I, I, I honestly like if things go the way they've been going for uh, for JA, I, I think that uh, like th- this will be a title defense not unlike uh, Jeff Emmings from ni- uh, 1998. So uh, I hope better I hope better than that for him. But uh, I, I'm not seeing it so far. Maybe we see something different in Anaheim too this weekend. Um, in your opinion, what was uh, what was more unexpected? Justin Barsha winning Anaheim one or Baggett winning Phoenix? Ooh, that one's, that's a tough one. Cause I don't think anyone expected Baggett to win this weekend. Um, and same could be said for Barsha. They won. Um, I'd probably say Baggett since we've seen Barsha on the podium at a one, we've seen him ride really well in the mud. Um, so if I, if I had, but you know, you held the fire to me and, and made me pick, I, I'd, I'd say Baggett, man, you know, we really don't consider him that that much of a threat in Supercross. Like, yeah, he's you know he's fast. He, he gets the job done. He's top five for sure. Um, but he never did anything to really give us an impression that you know he could be dominant in a race and um, and and clock off wins. So to see this, I think a lot of people were were, were pretty pumped on it. You know, he he looked great. As much, as much as people say the track was you know subpar and really wasn't ideal for making a lot of passes or going fast, um, he he. Sh- Damn sure it was going fast and looked smooth, man. He made the track look like it was, um, you know, regular practice day track. Uh, it was on his marks. Corner speed was awesome. So it was it was really cool to see. Um, I think it's his first win in, in this class. And um, it, it just adds to the conversation that we were having where there's so many guys in this class that can win. I mean, you could pick any one person in the top 15 any one of those guys could do what Baggett did. So it's it's just it's making this it's making this season just even even more unpredictable than it already is. Yeah, no, like uh, we've already had two guys win that not everyone would have had penciled in for wins this year. So we're already going to like say if you want to uh, spot a win to uh, Anderson, Tomac, um, Ken Roxon and uh, Moosecan, we're already on, on pace for six uh, six race winners. Um, so, like that's that that just spells great championship to me. So, uh, I think if uh, if these guys continue continue getting into the mix, uh, it'll continue to give fits to guys like Eli Tomac, and uh, it'll continue to give guys like us uh, something to talk about. So, uh, I liked it. Uh, it was uh, disappointing to see. Uh, Barsha not uh, back things up the way uh, he might have hoped he would, but uh, that just throws a little bit more of a wrench into things. And now, for the first time since rolling into Anaheim 2 in 2017, Ken Roxon has the points lead in the red plate rolling into uh, into Anaheim 2. That's pretty exciting. 
It definitely is. Um, I think this answers a lot of people's questions, you know, about uh, about Kenny. You know, is he back? Is he back to 100%? How's his arm doing? Which I'm sure he is sick of hearing that over and over again. Um, but I, I think I think this is a big a big step for Kenny. Um, getting a red plate, being consistent, you know, two podiums in a row. He rode really, really well. Um, I think a lot of people would give enough credit for the ride that he had this past weekend where he got taken out by Anderson and still was able to pick himself up, compose himself mentally, not override the track, and, and knock down a podium, make those, pa- those crucial passes. Um, it, was, it was pretty badass, man. It, was, it's, it takes a really special kind of ride, or a special mental state, uh, and a belief in yourself and a belief in your equipment um, to be able to do something like that. And Kenny's looking super solid. Um, it's a little bit different than I think, you know, pre-injury Kenny, this Kenny is looking a bit more calculated. Um, he's not really taking those huge risks or anything like that. He just looks flat out fast and, and stable, man. Looks really, really good on that bike. Looks super comfortable. And if he keeps this up and like, I don't know, he, 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 he very well could, could be the championship winner. You know, Eli seems to be taking the approach of, uh, uh, you know, uh, Damage um, mitigation, sort of, where he's just taking the the ride, Dude. you know, good, good enough to maintain. Death taxes like and Eli Tomac starting out his season poorly, <laughs> like yeah, it's just you can set your watch to that stuff. It's just it's um, I I don't worry about that whatsoever. Uh, this weekend, it would not surprise me to see Eli Tomac go one 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 spank everyone. Um, he he like I, I would agree that uh he, he don't he doesn't seem to have that uh top end holy crap speed that he had uh prior years at even at this point where you like cause he still like there was times when he, he led laps in those first couple races in twenty seventeen and obviously he led before uh crashing out of uh of Anaheim one last year. But um yeah, like it's uh, it, it seems like we deal with this every year. A pair of fourths, uh, third and a fourth is uh, the least of Eli Tomac's worries. Um, my biggest concern for him was I think it was either the heat race or one of the main of or the main event at some point during the main main event. I think he had a hard time passing Vince Freeze, and I understand Vince Freeze is a wide bike, but for the most part, Eli Tomac's been able to blow the doors off of those guys and. Um, yeah, for some reason uh, that just wasn't the case. Maybe there wasn't enough separating the guys this weekend, um, but it didn't seem like that was the case. What what was what, what do you see when you're watching Eli Tomac right now? Uh, I don't know. He, he looks he looks a bit neutered to me. You know, he looks like he's not um, Tomac of, of late. Like you said, he was stuck behind Freeze for a while, and um, you know him moving to the pack. It doesn't look nearly as is aggressive or as fast as, as it's been, you know, like just last year. Granted, like I said before, we're only two races in. It's not a good measure what the season's going to be like. Um, but th- I think this is one of the first years when we've had such a stacked class where, you know, it's Marvin, Barsha, Dino, um, Plessinger, Savachi, all these guys are super fast and, and, and could sneak in and win. And he's got guys with Baggett and Anderson, Roxanne, just all around them. Um, I don't know. It seems a bit different. I figured at this point, you know, I had him touted to win um, A2. You know, I figured the first one was, a, um, or sorry, not A2, uh, Glendale. I figured A1 was a little bit of a fluke. You know, maybe he just needed a bit more time and, and whatever. But, um, yeah, I, I totally thought that he would win this one, man. And, and it took him a long time to be going. It looked like he was comfortable on the track, long time to make passes. And um, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I definitely see what, see what you're saying when it, when it comes to him sort of taking a slow approach in the beginning of the season and then sort of wicking it up in the middle. I totally understand that. But I think this is one of the first years where he's had to go up against so many so many heavy hitters that can, that can take a title away from him. I think he's just kind of um, taking the top, the, the best spot that he can without having to push too, too hard. And I don't think he wants to let this Supercross championship slip through his fingers like it's, like it's done in the past where he would push and push and push, have, you know, two or three bad rides and then win the rest of them, you know? Um, I don't. I don't know if he'll take an approach that this year, um, but he's got to figure something out because he can't afford to keep giving spots to to Roxon. You know, that's probably his biggest rival right now. He has a red plate and he's looking super good. Doesn't look scared. Doesn't look hindered or held back by his arm at all. It, it, it's going to be a tough one, man. I, I, I'm very curious to see how to, to see how Eli Tomac takes this. You know, I I know the guy's super talented. 
give him all the credit in the world. Um, but I, I'm curious, man. These are these are really good guys that he's going up against, and there's a lot of them, so it's interesting. Yes, it is. Absolutely, it is. And uh, just behind Eli Tomac, who right now is third in points, uh, only four back of uh, of claiming the lead. So honestly, if if he if he takes the lead, he could take the lead as early as this weekend. Uh, he's that in, that much in swinging distance of this championship. Only one uh, three points back of second spot. Um, this logjam of talent uh, from going back from Dean Wilson back to Chad Reed. That's my fifth through twelfth place spot. If you told me that Dean Wilson got fifth, not surprised. If you told me Chad Reed got fifth, not surprised. If you saw heard, if you told me either one of those guys also got twelfth, equally not surprised. Um, in in that group right now, you've got uh, Marvin Muscan, who's who's been uh, decidedly off the pace for the majority of the season so far. I know that's only two races, but that's just the way it's been. Seems like he's he's uh, a little probably more behind the eight ball than anybody. Jason Anderson, Cooper Webb, Plessinger, Brayton Seeley, and Chad Reed. Like those guys, you could you could jumble them up however you want, and it it no matter how you which way you slice it. Uh, it's it looks pretty normal, uh, you know what I mean. Like, those are there's so much talent in the meat of this uh, this class right now that uh, I think it's probably more start dependent than ever. Agreed, I definitely agree. Um, it, I would not want to be in this class this year. I'll t- I'll tell you that much. Um, it, it's it's really it's really hard to to figure out who's gonna you know be your top three this week. I'm sure fantasy boards are all screwed up from last weekend, but um, it's, it's tough. This is one of the deepest classes we've seen. You said it, you go back, you go back from fifth to 15th. I mean, any one of those guys, you know what I mean? They've they've all got the talent, the pedigree, the equipment to come out here swinging and and take a win away. So it's, it's, it's really tough to see how this thing shakes out, man. It's again, it makes it exciting for us. It makes things up a bit, uh, but it's really hard to nail down who's going to do what and, and, you know, where these good rides are going to come from. I think you're totally right. Like it's uh, it's totally start dependent, and uh, like whoever can figure this out as far as getting up into the the mix and start riding with those top contenders, they're going to be able to separate themselves from the herd. I expect uh, um, I, I fully expect Justin Barsha to to back up his A two or A one ride this coming weekend. Uh, the, the weather looks like it's going to be nice. It will be a softer. Uh, softer base to it, but uh, Justin's one of the best sprinters in the sport, so uh, look for him to have a really strong performance this weekend coming up. Uh, a couple other notes um, before we leave. Before we leave you guys on this podcast, we're about an hour in. Um, let's do a little bit of a rookie report. Unfortunately, we don't. We can't give our take on Zach Osborne. He's still waiting to recover from that broken collarbone, but I think he'll be back in full force before you know it maybe as early as minnesota or minneapolis minnesota but uh justin hill he's been crazy fast fastest qualifier this last weekend he's also been uh uh had some down motos like his his race his race finishes don't seem to be where they need to be which um has there ever been a guy who's more consistently inconsistent oh man that's a tough one um uh, even, you know, even as inconsistent as, you know, like Jason Lawrence was, the guy still won a title, you know what I mean? And um, I, I guess Hill has... Hill, yes, Hill Hill's too, got but, the one title. Um, yeah, man, that's really, that's that's tough. I, I don't I don't think we've, we've seen that in a, in a long while. And I, I wonder what it is that really keeps him from, from having these good rides. Like you said, the guy will qualify with the best of them. He looks fast in practice, um, especially, you know, untimed... Um, practice where he gets to just pretty much free ride and fill the track out he always seems like he down the track and super fast he's confident and consistent when it comes to the motos we don't see that you know what i mean um it's tough man this this guy is oozing talent it's, he just needs to be able to to hone in and and uh and, and lock it man and, and and put it to these guys when he rode tampa last year and um, he was up front with with Muskin, i think he really set a precedent and showed people you know you know, I, I can run in the 450 class. I'm way better at riding this bike. And um, people had big expectations after that. But 
uh, he's not living up to the potential right now. And it's, uh, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit tough to see, man. I hope he doesn't end up without a ride next year. You know, I mean, great. It's only, like you said it before. It's only, oh, no. he's, uh, got a, he's got job security over there. I think. Yeah, it's, it's early, but I mean, if you, you know, if you can't capitalize on a lot of these, a lot of these, um, mistakes from other riders or, or get up and, and be consistent. I mean, we've seen riders get dropped before, you know what I mean? I don't want to wish ill on anyone, but, um, I don't think he, he can afford to keep doing stuff like this, you know? For sure. But I, if we've seen it with, uh, with Josh Grant, if you, for as long as you have the potential for wins or potential for top qualifier, you're going to have a job in motocross. I don't know if it's going to be factory supported or, or top level factory supported, but I think Justin Hill, for as long as he continues to, uh, um, put in those types of, qualifying laps and stuff like that and, and nipping at the heels on some heat races i think he's he's got some job security um he's like we've even seen it with his brother who for all intents and purposes didn't really show much signs of life other than that one podium i think that he had in 2015 with uh rock with uh the uh was it seattle he had the he had a, a, a podium yeah, that was some years ago. Yeah, it's fifteen wow. though, I think. But like, still, yeah. like that, that, that's like uh, that is uh, that was six years removed from his last, his one and only win in Minnesota. Uh, like, they, there's there's a guy who who's literally parlayed a career uh, of based on speed and just possibility of speed into uh, a couple of uh, almost a full decade of, of factory support. So uh, Justin Hill probably has uh, more than a couple of years ahead of him of, of still getting some more, some more consideration, uh, maybe not uh, getting on a full blown factory team, but he's going to have some support over the years. Um, Aaron Plessinger, extremely talented rider, definitely dealing with some, some issues as far as his, phys- his, his body right now. Uh, the speed looks a little bit off. Um, my question to you is, uh, when do we see, uh, uh, like a, a full ready to go Aaron Plessinger? I assume outdoors. Uh, I wouldn't say as long as outdoors. And I do have to point out that you, you did get me. I, I did pick Savaggi as being one of the, the better rookies of the two. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're eating my lunch right now. Yep. <laughs> but, uh, I wasn't going to go there. I, I don't think it, thank you. <laughs> I was. I gotta give you your credit. Um, I, I wouldn't say it's gonna take that long. I mean, he he he's very very talented. He's on a great team, good equipment, um, not the best of equipment, but good equipment. Um, I, I I'd say towards the end of the Supercross season, we'll start to see something happen. I, I you know I'm not saying it'd be a winner or podium, but maybe some consistency with some top fives. Uh, he's he's got everything he needs to to make it happen. I think it's just him getting used to the. Um, the different style of racing, the 450 class, the heavier bike, um, the the longer races. I think all of this you just need to kind of kind of get used to it and get into his belt and kind of change his mind just a little bit, just clock in on a different way of thinking. Um, but he, he he should do it. I don't I don't think we're, we're going to see something like um, you know like a Cooper Webb when, when he first went pro completely fell off the map. I don't think he's going to end up doing anything like that. Um, I do think it going to take some time though, because this, especially this year, he, he picked a pretty bad time to, to move up to the 450s and try to make something happen because there's, like we said before, man, this, this is a super stacked class and you, you can't come in half ass or, or unprepared. You have to be 115% in everything. So give it some time. I, I'd say by maybe round 14, 15, he starts wicking it up a little bit. I agree. I think that he's, uh, he's on track to, uh, to, to, I think I think he's on track to have some good mid-season performances, but I don't think he's going to be there until his body is totally where um, he would like it to be. And with this grind of race after race after race, obviously the only time that we get a weekend off, I believe during the this, during Supercross is the Easter long weekend. Um, so it's going to be a while for of, of grinding for Aaron Plessinger. Probably not a lot of riding during the week, and that definitely affects things. So uh, yeah. But uh, he, he's honestly been probably the brightest spot of the rookie so far, even with the, uh, the physical ailments. And speaking of a physical ailment, um, 
Joey Savacci into uh, concussion protocol. Not entirely sure uh, how quickly that's over for him if he's able to pass a test and and get back at it this weekend. But uh, an Anaheim one that he'd like to forget, followed by a Phoenix uh, Supercross where, uh, uh, not to make light of head injuries whatsoever, but maybe he doesn't remember so well. Yeah, that's tough. And, and they didn't really talk much about it you know at the at the track we just didn't see him see him line up that much and uh somebody was like oh we're savachi looking around you don't see him and um yeah it was uh it was it was definitely more of a it's like a hush hush deal almost he really didn't talk about it too much but um it's a it's a definite bummer i think um he was only uh, a couple of races from starting to you know get things rolling same with same with uh plessing like we just talked about um it's definitely a bummer to see any one of these riders get get sort of knocked out like that or, or uh, get their bell rung. But um, it's looking like maybe A2 um, should be back for. Um, hopefully there's not too many too much residual sort of effects on them, um, whether it's ego or, or mental state. But uh, I, I think he's got, he's got what it takes to, to get some, some better, some better finishes towards the, towards the end of the season. Again, going back to what we're pressing is that. Um, but yeah, I mean, with, with something like this, man, who knows it's, it, it's head injuries are, are tricky. You know, you don't want to play around with those at all. No, absolutely. You, you would take hundred percent precautions when it comes to, uh, brain stuff. They're, they're not to be messed with whatsoever. So let's uh, give a quick, uh, um, surprise and disappointment so far for the four four fifties. I'll go first and uh, cherry pick, um, surprised our two first surprises uh my my surprise is that we have two brand new winners in the class from last year who did not win at all uh and that's just good for the series that's my pleasant surprise my disappointment is that we have not yet gotten to see zach osborne who i think uh with this with this current crop of guys who have won uh i think you could almost pencil him in for uh for being a high uh, a contender for one of those as well so we could have see as many as seven winners over the course of 17 rounds that I believe is unheard of. And I would love to see it go. Those are good. Uh, my biggest surprise, I'm going to say Kenny with the red plate this early, did not expect it. Didn't think he'd uh, be able to race himself uh, to that position quite yet, but um, I'm pleasantly surprised. I think it's, it's really, really cool. Um, disappointment. Uh, I'm going to have to say Savachi. I had a, I had a lot, uh, a lot of confidence on him and, um, you know, form after monster cup ride, he looked like he gelled very well with the big 450. Uh, the cow is working great for him. Um, and he, man, he hasn't really performed that well. So I hate to say it, but yeah, those are my two. Fair enough. Well, I appreciate you making some time for us. If you haven't, uh, gone to the collective XP, uh, while you're listening to this, now is your opportunity to log on and uh, and get yourself set up for the collective experience. Dave Drake's here on the Big MX Radio Podcast. Really appreciate you making some time, my friend. I hope that uh, you were able to light a Sickwix candle for this podcast. If you didn't, we'll have to uh, get your mailing information and send one off to you. It's the sweet scents that gets us up in the morning, whether it's the uh, the morning moto coffee-scented ca- uh, candle or it's uh, just this beautiful uh, i believe it's a cherry uh, scented candle that's right it's the cherry bomb these things are the thing is awesome uh you guys need to check these out sickwix.com and uh, as well as check out the collective experience thanks again dave yeah no problem great glad to be on anytime and definitely gonna look those guys up and get my puppy candle and tell my girl about it so i think she's pretty she's pretty pumped to, uh, to get one uh but yeah looking forward to doing this after uh e2 all right, right on, man. Speaking of pumped, you probably need to go into uh, the bedroom now to get some business done. I'll, I'll, I'll let you off now, and you can uh, take care of that business. <laughs> All right, man. <laughs> Have a good night, my friend. All right, I'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to the Big MX Radio Podcast. This podcast has been brought to you by Maxima USA, proven under the toughest conditions. The Collective Experience. Access your dreams at thecollectivexp.com. Sickwix candles, soy candles, and wax melts for moto fans like you. Medterra CBD. Our CBD, your health. Find out more at medterracbd.com. And of course, FMF Racing. 
46 years of mixing gas and hauling ass.